the Horse and Hound podcast. Welcome to the first of Horse and Hound's daily podcast from the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials, supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. I'm Pepper Room, magazine editor at Horse and Hound and one of our reporters at Burley this year. And I'm joined by my colleagues, Gemma Redrup and Lucy Elder, who are also part of our team at Burley. To set the scene, we're sitting outside the media centre on a lovely, sunny Wednesday evening. And all so pleased to be back at Burley, aren't we? Delighted. I'm so happy to be back here, even though I can't believe I went wrong driving in today. I've lived around here 30 years and been coming to Burley for most of those, but it's um, it's quite special, isn't it, driving past that house? I quite literally skipped down Winners Avenue this <laughs> afternoon and just hoped that nobody saw me. I, I was so happy. I don't know if you ever play this game, which I play with myself, where I pretend that um, the Grateful Nation is giving me a stately home for my service to the country. Oh, nice. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what service that would be service to <laughs> writing about ponies but um anyway uh, the, when i was at badminton early this year i was like oh this would definitely be the one you know i love this one and then i went to bram and i was like oh actually maybe bramham is even better and then i came here and i was like actually maybe burley's the one that i'll have i don't know what we're going what's going to happen to the people who currently live in this stately home when the grateful nation gifts it to me <laughs> but we'll worry about that if it uh, if it ever happens but uh, yeah it is amazing to be back here and Gemma and i popped along to the first horse inspection the trot up this afternoon what did you think Gemma? Oh, it was great the, the stands were packed the, all, all the horses looked fantastic uh, there's some nice outfits that you've picked up on Pippa for your web piece um, about fashion at the first trot up this afternoon and yeah it was great yeah I don't write a lot about fashion this is sort of a <laughs> twice yearly event but yep I was picking out the best outfits quite a few horses looking quite sprightly at that mm. trot up and I think it's all quite close here at Burley you know it's in the arena the stands and these sort of owners and officials gather just uh, on the other side of the ropes next to the strip and Tim Price presented his two horses three horses first and this, his second horse particularly Vitali was actually quite reluctant to trot up and there were a good few horses having a bit of a a bit of a look and, and not that keen to go down the strip I think it was quite it's quite well it still is now it's quite windy isn't it so sort of things blowing around horses these five star event horses is having an absolute nightmare with the flowers blowing around um but yeah they all look great yeah and uh, there was just one horse held jp sheffield's ride kiltar obos but he was passed after he was represented having been in the holding box so 52 horses to start the competition we've all i think now had a bit of a chance to have a look at the cross-country course as well designed by Derek de grazia lucy you were here for the, to do a preview of that course with laura collett for the magazine a couple of weeks ago i don't know if you've had a chance to look at the dressed course but uh, just give it a bit of an overview of what you thought about it I really like this course. It's the first Derek course we've seen at Burley. Uh, Obviously, he was meant to be taking over the helm from Mark Phillips uh, in 2021, but that was a stopper was put on that owing to COVID. So I've been really looking forward to having having a proper look at it. And I think I think it's really clever. I really like how he's used. I mean, Burley's so known for its terrain and its hills, and it was absolutely fascinating walking around with Laura Collett and hearing her thoughts and what riders look at and what how they see fences and how different that is to where you're probably going to be sitting and watching for, as a spectator so um, you really get a real idea of walking 
as we were lucky enough to do so up to those fences and how different they look um, from the riding line to the spectator line uh, so if you haven't already had a watch of Laura walking some of those combinations then do head to the Horse and Hound website to do so and pick up the uh, the magazine to have a read of her in-depth analysis of these I really like I think the leaf pit looks massive this year if I'm being honest uh, I like that we're going back out to the Waterloo Plain area uh, for another loop there and um, I think it's quite interesting um, the routes taken around the Dairy Mound and Winners Avenue uh, what did everyone else think? I I really like it as well Lucy and I think it's all I think it's fair I think it's in front of them I think it's sort of there to be jumped and it's without well, sounds like such a silly thing to say about cross-country course but it looks solid and really well built and yeah I think I think I having walked it this afternoon you sort of look at things you think okay 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 but the crowds you know as soon as you've got people lining out that course it just adds a, a, you know it's another level of difficulty isn't it so it will be interesting to see um how horses react especially if they haven't been to Babington earlier this spring they haven't seen massive crowds probably for, for at least three years so yeah one thing that was really noticeable to me walking around today for the first time was that uh, there's a lot of what I call Derek numbering. So I saw this used um, to the same extent for the first time ever at the Tokyo Olympics, also a Derek course. And the way that Derek uses the elements is very clever because he locks you into the straight routes. So, for example, at Defender Valley, there are only two fences on the direct route, but the numbers go up to E, A, B, C, D, E. There are four elements on the indirect route, but he's got that fifth element as a number. Because you are, the way he's used the numbers, you are locked into the direct route. Yeah. You cannot jump the first element of the direct route and then change your mind because you would end up doubling over and jumping an element twice or not jumping something. So in the way that he's used the numbering, he's locked you into the direct route once you've jumped the first element. It's similar, Quite there's quite a few actually, all the way around. I was saying um, that girl I was walking the course with, once you're in, once you've committed... You've, you're locked like you say you're locked in yeah the same thing happens at the trout hatchery as yeah. you jump into the second pond once you've jumped that roll top in you have to go to the skinny in the water there are some places where it doesn't happen for example the jewels of the multings combination you could change your mind in the middle of that combination after you've jumped the a element at fence 14 so it's just interesting where derek has done that and, and where he hasn't i think for sure i quite like the way we were talking about this when i walked the course again with laura is how by doing that it gets you to think should I should I be thinking here Uh, the combination after the Dairyman for example the Fairfax and Favour boot racks it just makes you think as a rider it's another bit of mental energy to be using why is is there an option here Why, why should I be doing you know which one should I be taking and I think it is very thinking course all the way around. I liked the way it's very, as you were saying, it's very straightforward for the horses to read and understand, but it does make the riders for sure use their brains. Yeah, that boot rack fence, you just has two, uh, two, two B options right next to each other. And the one on the right is a little bit of a wider line, but a little bit skinnier and a little bit taller. And you're right, it just makes you question it. Whereas if there was only the left-hand one, you probably wouldn't give it any thought. And also riders have got to be really sure of knowing where they can and can't change their minds like a couple of riders in Tokyo fell foul of that and were eliminated for making errors of course because they didn't fully understand or in the moment couldn't remember what they could and couldn't do so riders are going to be really on it we will talk more about the course in some detail on one of our podcasts a little later in the week i think we should uh, move on since it's our first day we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with some predictions for the week so we'll be back in a moment The Horse and Hound Burley Daily Podcast is supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. 
If your horse needs to build muscle and top line, but not gain condition, they need correct training along with the right dietary building blocks. Bailey's Performance Balancer contains quality protein, which supplies important amino acids to help you build that muscle without adding to the waistline. So, Lucy, Gemma, it is prediction time. We're uh, gonna gonna put down our put down our markers and say what we think will happen this week. Let's start with the big one, the winner. Yeah. Um, Lucy, you go first. I am going to stick with my prediction on the Horse and Hound Burley preview podcast and say that this year is Ros Cantor's year at Burley. She is going to win it on Pencos Crown Jewel. I really, really love this mare. She's got a really cracking record. She gets the marks you need in the dressage to win a five star. She's got a great cross country clear record um, and uh, is a careful show jumper. What more could you want? <laughs> Gemma, you go next. I'm also going to stick. Well, I don't know if I did manage to pick this one in the Burley preview podcast because I think somebody else nabbed it. But anyway, I wanted to pick her. Uh, Piggy March and Veneer Kamira, uh, an amazing five star horse, so consistent. Dressage improving all the time. Uh, cross country, I mean, she will, as she has done before, eat up these hills. Um, and she's like a little terrier, isn't she? She just gets down and down and, and gritty with it. So, um, yeah. And I think she deserves to have a Burley title as well as a badminton title. Yeah. How about she, you, Pippa? She definitely has the best Burley record. Yeah. Just, just touching on, on Piggy and Veneer Kamira there of any horse in the field this year. She's been second twice. She's been fifth. So... Yeah. She probably starts as the favourite, I would say, to be honest. Yeah. And um, I am going to pick William Fox Pitt and Oratorio. They are the ones I chose on our uh, weekly Burley preview. So I'm going to stick and be faithful to William. He's the six-time Burley winner. This horse has had a couple of good placings at, at Badminton. And he had a really unlucky 2021. He had a late fall at Kentucky. He had a nosebleed at a Bicton five-star, the replacement Burley event last year. He's a true Burley type. Um, he's by Williams uh, Oslo, a five-star winner in his own right. Um, out of uh, a point-to-point mare, I think, that the Fox Pits trained or were involved with. So very sentimental horse for, for his owners and for the Fox Pit family. And uh, and I think I think William has a real chance. I don't expect him to lead the dressage. I think he would be a climber, but that is something that can happen a lot at Burley. Let's talk about leaderboard climbers next, since we're since we're touching on that subject. Um, we are each going to name a horse who we think can come a long way up the leaderboard after dressage. If we were at Badminton, we'd say this is our Glen Trull trophy winner. There isn't a trophy for this at Burley, as far as I'm aware, but uh, it's always a really interesting one and they're fun horses to follow. So Gemma, I'm going to come to you first this time. Yeah, I'm going to pick Cathal Daniels and Rigon Rua. Um, she can do a nice test and I mean he won an individual bronze at the Europeans in 2019 on her she did a sub 30 dressage but the atmosphere can get to her so but she is a very very good jumper and a very fast little mare so that's why I'm not bang- I don't want them to do a, a bad or an average dressage I'd love them to do a great dressage but I just think yeah if I'm going to have to stick my neck out I would say say, say that pair that's a good call. Lucy, how about you? I'm going to go for a first-timer. I'm going to say Christina Hall-Jackson and CMS Google. They climbed hugely at Bramham in four star long there, where I believe that they were 42nd after dressage. Um, this is their five-star debut as well as their Burley debut. They can do a test in the 20s at four star. Again, as we're saying, this is a five-star debut for this pair, so we don't know what they can do at five star. But by going on that, um, it is 
you know, it's possible they could do a dressage in the 20s, but it's more likely to be probably in the mid 30s looking at their records. So, yeah, again, like you said, Gemma, nobody wants to, no. to be saying we, <laughs> saying we, you know, we're looking for mid 30s, but. Um, yeah, I think I think those could certainly be one to watch climb up the leaderboard. Yeah, you're right. And she rose from 42nd to 6th at Bramham. So uh, definitely ones to keep an eye on. The mayor has a, a unique style cross country. Christina says she uh, runs with her head on the floor like a truffle snuffler. Uh-huh. But, uh, but it is effective. I'm going to pick a French rider, um, Cedric Liard with Unum Dor. Um, he has been 5th and 7th at Burley on another horse. So he knows what it takes to go well here. Um, the horse was 9th at Poe on his five-star day debut last year but was pulled up cross country at badminton so he does have some five-star form and i think they're ones who can move up um in the uh, in the course of the week so those are our leaderboard leapers ladies and gentlemen like that. Leaderboard leapers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but like we should have a jingle for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, i'm getting i think i need to go back through and note all these down so we yeah, can uh, sure. say later in the week how we're doing we should score um best first timers uh who did i come to first the last time loose Oh, no. I came to you first. No, you first. came to me. Sorry, yeah. I'm trying to cheat. Lucy. <laughs> Best first-timer. We've got lots of really exciting first-timers in this field uh, this year at Burley. Uh, but I'm going to put my money on an Irish rider. I'm going to say Susie Berry and Ringwood LB. Susie's been based with Piggy March uh, previously, and she now has her own yard. She made a really strong five-star debut on another horse, actually, at Badminton this year. Um, but Ringwood LB's really been on form. So Susie, um, they were fifth at Bramham, and I can't wait to see what this combination make of Burley's Hills. Mm, definitely, and Susie's also just got her first championship call-up to ride Monbeg by design at the Worlds in a couple of weeks' time. So she should be riding on a good, uh, good cloud of confidence. I she's hope. on. She's a girl on form. She is. Gemma, who is your best first timer? I'm going to go for Felicity Collins and RSH Contendor. Um, they were tenth at Bicton Five Star last year with a double clear, and they jumped double clear. I'm pretty sure at, at their first badminton this year as well, and they've they finished twenty first. Um, she, I remember speaking to Felicity at the 2016 Junior Europeans in, in Monte Libretti in Italy um, and she was riding this horse. He was seven at the time and she, I remember her saying, oh, th- this was in 2016, oh, this time last year he wouldn't go near a white cross-country fence, you know, and they've grown together and he's not been straightforward. He can be quite strong, so it'll be interesting to see how she copes coming down the hills, I suppose. Um, but they he can really jump and I think his dressage is improving all the time agree and Felicity's definitely growing in confidence she was a rider who had a wobble having not had a great time at her first five star but she should having had that great Bicton and Badminton and had a good summer season since Badminton be be you know feeling good coming here he's such a cool horse and yeah. like you're saying I I spoke to them about their partnership um, before Badminton and actually I caught up with Felicity again after Aston Walls later this summer and she said he still likes to keep her on her toes yeah he's cheeky uh, he is cheeky <laughs> But here, the way she talks about him, I love the way she talks about him. And at Aston, which was, you know, it was an advanced run. It was yeah. a good preparation run, but it wasn't, you know, a big international win. And she said she nearly cried when she finished because she must have done so many advances on him. But she just still feels so lucky to be riding him. Yeah, she, she adores him. And yeah, they're a great, a great partnership. How about you, Pippa? I'm going to go for Bobby Upton. So Bobby went to her first badminton in the spring 
with a fair amount of media hoo-ha, I would say. You know, we were picking her out for sure as a first-timer to watch. She was in the middle of her university finals. That was a bit of a thing that everyone was talking about. You know, very much a, an, an overachiever. Um, she went spectacularly cross-country and managed to run out of the last fence, which was a heartbreaking moment. And she was gutted doesn't even begin to describe it obviously she's come here a little bit more under the radar she hasn't had she's had some good results this summer but but nothing super eye-catching um i think she'll come here with less pressure um less pressure and more experience yeah and i think maybe that will be great for her hopefully and i think she could actually go really well she could be right up there in the top uh, top six even um so i'm looking forward to seeing how that uh, how that all comes together for bubby so Last prediction, ladies. This is going to be a dark horse for the top 10, a horse that maybe people wouldn't say is an obvious one, but you reckon is going to end up up there. Uh, I think it's your turn, Gemma, to go first. Yeah. Uh, To be fair, he's not so much of a dark horse because they do have five-star form, uh, but it's local rider Richard Jones, who used to be my old boss, uh, and Alfie's Clover. They went well at badminton. They've gone well here before. They've been in the top 10. Um, and it's he's a funny horse. He goes he's around with his ears flat back in the dressage. You always think, God, oh, are you enjoying it, Alfie? But as soon as that horse gets onto a cross-country course, there's just no stopping him. And he's him and Rich, you know, Rich has produced him from from scratch, basically. And, and they're a great partnership. And, yeah, I think I've, they should be top ten, if not top five. I'm not sure we can allow you to get away with the top 10 of a horse who's been in the top 10 at five star <laughs> three <laughs> times, to be honest. But yeah, you know what? He goes so under the radar and I think is underrated. And so that's why. All right, I'll let you get away with it because we've all got dinner commitments. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy. I'm going to pick Michael Owen and Bradley Law. Uh, Bradley Law is, he's 18 now. Um, so one of the senior horses in the field. And they finished 15th and 19th here before. I really like this horse Um, and I think, you know, horses for courses, good record here and I think it could be their year to break into that top 10. Yeah, there was a lovely picture of Michael and Bradley Law that was in the mix for a potential cover for our Burley preview that I really liked to manage to sneak into the Burley preview somewhere else. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a nice horse and, uh, and and definitely one to keep an eye on. I'm going to pick a US rider called Woods Boffman. Um, we don't often call uh, call our children Woods in this country, so uh, that's a good starting point. He is a rider who I saw at Kentucky in the spring where he was really unfortunate. He was warming up Say La V135 for his dressage and a horse got out of control in the dressage warm-up, a ridden horse, it wasn't even loose, and I think smacked into Woods, or certainly came very oh, close God, to God, doing gosh. so, um, and that completely turned the horse around, and having done some lovely work, he went in and did not do a super test, he had a couple of problems cross-country, the week just didn't really fall into place for him, but he is a good uh, good rider, a good combination, the pair won the try-on four-star long last autumn at that venue that held the last World Championships, um, so uh, it's their first trip over to the UK, their second five-star, and uh, yeah, we saw Woods at, obviously at the trot up earlier. Selavi is a beautiful horse. He's by Contendro. He does a good test. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see a bit more of him over the weekend. Okay, we are going to take another short break and then we'll be back to talk briefly about what's coming up tomorrow. Throughout the year, Horse and Hound sends reporters out to all the biggest events in the equestrian calendar to cover the action for our weekly magazine and our website at horseandhound.co.uk. The coverage we bring you on these two platforms is different. The weekly magazine provides your comprehensive curated roundup 
We reflect back on the big wins and analyse all the results with insight from our team and experts in the industry. Meanwhile, on our website, we bring you the news as it happens. We speak to the riders as they leave the arena and report their thoughts in lightning quick time, covering all the biggest stories as they unfold and often producing 10 or more stories every day online from a big show. The first five articles you read on our website are free each month and beyond that you need to buy a subscription. The cost of this reflects the fact that we need a bigger team at events when we are creating extra articles on our website and not only producing a magazine report. To buy a Horse and Hound website subscription, visit horseandhound.co.uk and click subscribe or for great value, in the same place you can buy a combined magazine and website subscription. We know that magazine subscribers are our most loyal audience and we really value your ongoing and vital contribution to our business. Therefore, if you are already a magazine subscriber, the cost to upgrade your subscription to include full website access is minimal. Call 0330 333 313 to find out more. So, Lucy, Gemma, to round off our first daily podcast from Burley, we're going to have a quick chat about what is coming up tomorrow. We've got the first session of dressage. It starts at 9.45am. I've managed to pick up the Friday times here, not the Thursday oh. times, but we'll keep rolling and, and work it out as we go. Um, we are starting at 9 45 a.m. as I said correctly happily I remembered that we've got the guinea pig at 9:15 first so another prediction in fact what's going to happen tomorrow who will be our dressage leader at the end of the day Lucy I'm going to plump for the favorite if I can do that I'm going to say piggy march veneer chimera are going to be leading at the end of the day they're very strong in this phase they're very strong in all phases which is why they're the favorites uh, they scored 26 on their last outing at Hartbury, which is their in the four star short which they won um yeah looking at that list those are the clear leaders for me they're on at half past one so straight after lunch yeah hopefully the judges will be in a good mood post lunch a little glass of wine maybe at lunch maybe. <laughs> we're casting no aspersions on what judges no. do at lunch time just a good feed hopefully <laughs> we all feel better after a good feed <laughs> yeah. Gemma who are you going for I'm going for Crue, who is the cutest little chestnut horse I think I've ever seen who uh, Sarah Bullimore rides um it's quite funny at the trot up today um I think Sarah had had a fall at Wellington on Monday from a different horse and got studded in the knee. So she asked William Fox Pitt to trot up Karue. I think as a bit of a joke because obviously William is so tall and Karue is, I mean, he's what, fifth about, he looks about 15 two tops. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite a funny picture seeing a lofty William Fox Pitt trotting up this little pony basically. But no, he, Karue, he's super smart um, on the flat and um, flashy. And yeah, I think he. I think he'll be in the lead tomorrow. How yeah, about you? Yeah, he was second after dress at Kentucky. Kentucky Good yeah. call. I am going to go for a horse that's really early into the arena. The second in Billy Walkon for Pippa Funnel. He is at nine fifty-three. She led the dressage at the one or five star at Bicton last year. Ended up finishing second. Um, went really well in the British Open earlier in the year, um, where he again did a great test. I think he was just second to Vitali after that phrase. Um, Tim Price is here with Vitali. They're actually the first into the arena on Friday, so we'll probably talk about them tomorrow. But yep, I'm picking out Pippa Funnel and Billy Walkon. 
Well, Gemma, Lucy, I think that's the, the, the end of our, uh, our first daily podcast from Burley. We're just all really excited to get started tomorrow, aren't we? I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> it feels like a dream. It does, doesn't it? It's yeah. surreal to be back. Yeah, but no, I will, be, I will be zooming in here tomorrow. I can't wait. Great. Well, thank you for joining us today, listeners. We'll be back all week with our daily Burley podcasts from the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials, and the podcasts are supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. Talk to you tomorrow.